0: Radio, your gamer's role. www.d20radio.com. Well, well,
1: what have we here? Welcome to the wonders of Thedas. Welcome to the Wonders of Thetis podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Ren.
0: and I'm Jessica.
1: Welcome to another exciting episode. We got a big one for you today.
0: We're pretty excited about this one.
1: Oh yes, we put a lot of thought into this one. We got a lot of really good questions, and we got some. you uh, got some news for you. And it's,
0: mm-hmm. really, it's cool stuff. So and, uh, it's going to be a great topic today. Oh yeah.
1: Too. We seem to have this habit, or at least maybe it's maybe it's just me, of making a poll with, like, three questions, three, like, uh, topics that have been sitting there for a while, and folks have just kind of, kind of, eh, yeah, sure, I guess we could talk about that one, that one sounds cool, and then I, whenever I need to fill in the fourth slot, I always fill it with something like, oh, hey, do that one. That, that seems
0: is, to be what happened this time, in any uh, case.
1: With the metrics that we gathered, that was definitely the case in this one, and of course, the... Folks on our social media, which you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, SoundCloud. Uh, everyone voted to do new players, uh, introducing new players to the Dragon Age role-playing game. So that's mm-hmm. what we're going to be talking about today.
0: Now, we have already done an episode for new players, yes. which is pretty much like, you know...
1: Episode two. It's <laughs>
0: one of our very beginning episodes. Uh, but was, this one is...
1: It was character creation, which is still one for new folks. Yeah. Um, and episode three, I think, was talking about how, to, like, how the game itself works.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But this one is a bit more specifically geared towards like, GMs and experienced uh, mm-hmm. players and how yes. to get people involved and yeah. what things to do to make them feel welcome and get them yeah. just as hooked as we are.
1: Get some new folks in joining in. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, but we've got uh, a laundry list of things to get through first. First is uh, we wanted to uh, take this time to let folks know about Gamer Nation Con, D20 Radio's own convention in Plano, Texas. This year marks the fifth year of Gamer Nation Con, and it's going to and it's going to Kickstarter relatively soon to get uh, to get the convention funded, and that's also how folks are probably going to be getting their badges.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: While we don't necess- don't know the rewards for contributing the con just yet. We uh, expect it. We're expecting. Uh, if I took a look at last year's, and mm-hmm. um, even if you're not going to the con, you can still donate to it, and you'll actually get access to modules and adventures that have been written by some of the folks who are putting the convention on. Um, That's pretty cool. If I'm not mistaken, most of them are probably for Star Wars Fantasy Flight, which is still dang fun. You should play it.
0: Mm-hmm. We're currently just at the very beginning of a campaign in That's Fantasy right. Flight right now. That's right. Yep. Having a blast with it so far.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I might have stolen a bit much from That was a really a, a really fancy important. cruiser, you took. That was a really fancy cruiser that had a lot of really nice uh, wine pillows and drugs in it. Yeah. I probably dug a hole fairly deep for myself, but I'm excited to see where it goes. Anyway, um,. The, we're we're also expecting that the, some of the rewards for that Kickstarter are probably going to be badges to get to the con. Some of them are going to be limited access and higher rewards are going to get full access to like...
0: Or uh, so we guess.
1: So we guess, yeah. So like special events or maybe special privileges while you're at the con or maybe some extra little swag that when you get there... You just have to wait and see. Um, yeah, and I think last year they actually had one where they like if you donated a lot of money, like several hundred dollars, they let you be a co-host on one of the podcasts.
0: Oh, well, that's neat. Yeah.
1: Which I think yeah, recorded. Yeah, if you guys pay us several hundred
0: dollars, we'll let you come and be a co-host. On the yeah, be, I mean, just
1: saying, you know, that that'd be cool. That'd, that'd, be, <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be fantastic. Anyway, we'll let you guys know when Gamer Nation Con Five goes live on Kickstarter. Whether or not we will be present is difficult to say because that is in Plano, Texas. It's about a 13, 14 fourteen-hour drive for yeah, us. Yeah,
0: there's a reason we're. Joking, not joking, joking about that money thing. Right. That's because a, that's a that's a long trip with a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of financial input that we, we maybe need, don't quite possess. We need places
1: moment. to stay and we need transportation. So it would be it'd be tricky for us to go, but if you folks are in the plane in the Texas area, you definitely should. It's their mm-hmm. fifth year and it's getting bigger every time.
0: Yeah, we'd love to be there. So if any mm-hmm. of you can be there, know that we'll probably be there in spirit.
1: Yes. Thank you so very much. And uh, we've actually got to talk about This Week in Thetis. You aren't worried, I'll just make it up as I go. Not at all. You'll need to hear the whole story. Welcome to This Week in Thetis. We've got a couple of doozies for you this time. Mike Lablaw, one of the developers at BioWare, one of the head creative designers. Uh, has left Bioware after 14 years, as I'm sure most of you are probably painfully aware by this point. Mm
0: -hmm. We're going
1: to miss him, as he's done a lot of really good for Dragon Age, and he started his work in Jade Empire back in, like... Goodness. That was... A while ago. That that was way back machine time. Um, He has given us much in the world of Dragon Age, and we hopes to see it grow without him as he seeks other projects. However, we have learned that one of the last things he did while at Bioware was give the thumbs up for the final version of Faces of Thetis. You know, yeah. that book we're waiting. We're, that book we're super excited for.
0: We are super excited for it.
1: Uh, it still needs some alterations, according to Jack Norris, uh, one of the folks at Green Ronin who works on the Dragon Age line of products. The book is headed our way soon. So you keep an eye out, we'll keep an eye out, and Faces of Thetis is on the horizon.
0: It's going to be super cool. I can't wait to see how everybody gets started out. Mm-hmm.
1: I think right now projections are probably going to either be next month. Ooh, that's soon. Maybe although it could be as late as January two thousand eighteen.
0: Mm-hmm. But we'll see. And in any case, Michael Edlaw, thank you for your years of service and we absolutely appreciate everything you've done.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh next, uh we wanted to let folks know uh, let folks who love Dragon Age know that Green Ronin has revamped their volunteer program, the Freebooter program. They've already kind of had this going on for a while, but with uh Goodness, with Donna Pryor stepping down uh, and moving over to the folks at Catan to be one of the uh, organizers for their organized play, Veronica Templar has stepped in, and she is breathing some extra life into, some new life into the Freebooter program to get some extra interest in it and some extra incentive. Uh, The Freebooter program is Green Running's original program for organizing and reporting events that involve Green Running games to raise awareness of their games and get folks playing along. And uh, they've got a couple of incentives for you. They've got a new page up on the Green Ronin fa- uh, on the Green Ronin uh, website that you can check out that has the full details. We'll give you the skinny. Um, if you sign up to be a volunteer and you do have to actually fill out an application form, uh, you can get a free. Re- they'll actually give you a free Green Ronin T-shirt. Get started because you're going to be a bit of a face for the company, so they're going to want you to look snappy.
0: Mm-hmm. Make sure everybody knows who you're playing for and who you're running for. Mm-hmm.
1: I wanted to pick a, I wanted to grab the Blue Rose one, but I figured I'd go for something more general.
0: hmm That's probably for the best. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: the full details are on that Freebooter page. You should check it out. We'll leave a link in our blog post for this episode, incidentally, but uh, as a Freebooter, you are a face of Green Ronin, in a sense. Whether or not Green Ronin pays you, you're going to be looked at as a face of the company, so make sure that you're earning this and being respectful, welcoming, and patient. Uh, you can run any of Green Ronin's games that you like. We'll definitely be running some Dragon Age, and anywhere you like, you uh, you can r- just run quick little demos that take like an hour. You can do full game sessions, or you can even organize entire like weekly or monthly Green Running game days at your friendly local gaming store. Uh, you will need to submit uh, reports and you know, uh, event reports to Green Running, and they have a handy guide for submitting them and for volunteering your time and lo- and. Uh, running games at your friendly local gaming store, making events that you, that you run at convention centers, meeting rooms at work, or even gaming events in your garage. You get experience, You get XP as part of the program, depending on how much you run. If you get enough XP, you get store credit to spend in Green Reign's online store. You can use this money to buy a GM kit for yourself, extra core rule books to offer prizes for events, or to give to your friends who really need to stop borrowing yours every day, or even, mm-hmm.
0: st-
1: or <laughs> or even stuff from their gift shop. But seriously... Uh, Go buy your own core rule books. I need mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I think most of ours have their own.
1: Most of our players have their own. I, th- I think it's... Well, because you and I share one, and Jill has mm-hmm. one. I don't know if Caitlyn's got one.
0: Caitlyn had to go far away. It's not her fault.
1: It's true. Anyway, it's uh, you can even earn a badge for a major convention if you volunteer enough. So get so check it out. If you like to GM for Dragon Age for uh, for new folks... Or run for events at your FLGS, or if you like other green running games and they got some good ones like Fantasy Age, and Titan's Grave, and Blue Rose, and Song of Ice and Fire, uh, DC Superheroes, Mutants, and Masterminds, this may be the program for you. So, we got a lot of cool stuff on the horizon and a lot of, a lot of cool developments. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to talk about what we got around here at the Wonders of Thetis, we got a couple magically delivered letters. Now, we should probably consult that codex of ours. You can ask me questions if you like I'm not sure why you'd want to, but Oh, good Thank you I'm going to regret this, aren't I? Welcome to the Codex We've got a couple of returner, of returning question askers And actually, I think it's everybody That's everybody's returning question asker ah,
0: Welcome back, everybody
1: Welcome back, everybody So, first question comes from I believe it's Ben Hoffaker through our email? I really hope mm-hmm. I said that right, Ben. I apologize if I, mm-hmm. if I butchered it.
0: You know, we've never actually had anybody complain, well, have we? I haven't heard I haven't before.
1: heard anybody complain. Well, well, then, I think we got one person, but they but they were cool with it.
0: Oh. Well, it d- definitely ago. tell us to correct it if we need to. Please do. Like.
1: Pronunciation guides are always nice, and I understand, because I have a really weird name. You do. But, uh, Ben, okay. your question was, what is your favorite Dragon Age character you have built mechanically versus what is your favorite character to roleplay? And I guess we can both answer this question. My favorite character that I have built would probably be the villain of the cur- of our current campaign, Kotin, the elven god of vengeance. Aw, oh, jeez. I basically took an, an epic-adjusted demon and added levels of mage. I was pretty excited to throw him hit the heroes once. They have another fight coming up, and oh, it should be a man. good time.
0: He was a pain to fight. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to be a bigger pain to fight now. Yes. Ugh.
1: Now that you guys went into the Fade, his seat of power. We
0: aren't in the Fade yet.
1: Uh, you're going to get there eventually.
0: We're, we, we know that we have to go there, but we're yes. we're not quite there yet.
1: Not quite there yet, but we'll be there.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: my favorite character to roleplay has probably been one of the NPCs that was actually introduced in the original GM's kit for Dragon Age, Prift.
0: I love what he became for this game. He was just a little light to have around. Mm-hmm. sweet little nerd child.
1: He was kinda when he showed up the first he's kinda like this uh awkward, practically like just barely post pubescent.
0: He's uh, supposed to be older, I think, originally, isn't
1: he? He's supposed to be I wanna say like really like early twenties. Oh, around okay. your guy around your character's age.
0: Well he uh he was certainly sweet, if not entirely competent. <laughs> and that is really sort of how he, he was, stayed for a long time
1: he was a very bumbling circle mage who accidentally escaped from his circle so he was a very reluctant apostate he didn't really intend to but he didn't really want to go back because he knew anders and kind of shared a little bit of anders sentiment but just kind of you know accidentally tore a hole open in the fade and dropped himself outside of the circle and then oops i mean you know like we, you do like we all do
0: who hasn't?
1: Right, right. And then he's, you know, had to be saved by these guys from Templars who came to look came looking for him. He uh got in some really hot water and ran off to Tavinter eventually. Um after saving after saving you from
0: He saved us from a couple of tattooed
1: things. with Lyrium.
0: Yeah, I didn't want that.
1: Yeah. But he, he did um, use blood magic to do that. But he's
0: made some choices that have been a little questionable.
1: <laughs> he's made some choices.
0: But he's Definitely been a really fun character to have around and a mm-hmm. great sort of comic relief when needed. hmm. So I, I agree; he's probably one of my favorites as he's well. He's been
1: my favorite to roleplay whenever he shows up. Just a really, really awkward mage. He's such, even now that he's, he's, he's such like, a nerd. even now that he's a Magister's apprentice, he's still kind of a little. He's still a bit uh, delightfully clueless.
0: We love him for it.
1: Yes, we do. Uh, who's your favorite character that you've built?
0: Oh gosh. and role played. And roleplay. I haven't after, actually gotten to do too many. Um, Asha is kind of uh, one of my favorites, just because mm-hmm. she's been around for so long and mm-hmm. she's gotten to do so much. I have a, uh, I have a real fondness for her, and uh, one of the most satisfying things about building her is I have a tendency to roll terribly on stats, as has been referenced in previous episodes of this podcast, and has been in mm-hmm. fact evidenced. It's been made clear.
1: Oh yeah, we recorded it. It's there we for everyone to it. know forever. it.
0: I I roll poorly when I roll stats, and often most other times. But uh, not with Asha, I didn't. I rolled a whole bunch of really really good stats, and it's he true. let me keep them because this was the only time it was going to happen. It, it's true. And I like role playing her because I enjoy the conflict of someone who tried you know who's trying to grow up too fast and is still, in some ways, a bit immature and. Mm. Sort of combining that with this absolute sort of overconfidence in herself and a thirst for arcane power, and well, you know, at the same time, sort of a dislike of having to govern a nation. But mm-hmm.
1: this good nation, she's got is a lot being, of conflict. This nation is being governed by twenty somethings. I just, I'm thinking, yeah, I it, realized,
0: We we like, are we are one part new government, one part you know, super high-level adventuring guild and one-part sorority.
1: Like... <laughs> that's kind of how it's been going.
0: Where's the lie? I This is how well, it show goes. Show me the lie. But yeah, I, I love Asha because she has so many of these conflicting sides and is a really sort of fun person to play when I want to play someone who is trying the hardest to be a grown-up and isn't always succeeding. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those, that, that's probably my answer. I've also really enjoyed when we did our... When we did our uh, let's play, yes, for for the podcast, and I played Nisha mm-hmm. and Miss said her name about eight thousand times. Too many shaws, I guess.
1: Too many shaws. But uh, Elvin's weird.
0: It's hard, but I really enjoyed uh, building and playing her as well. Yeah, playing the awkward character let me, you know, let some of my natural awkwardness shine through. Mm.
1: And yes,
0: that, that's just comfortable.
1: Hmm. Fair enough. So that's me. That's us. Thank you, Ben. That's a good, always a good question, and we invite everyone else to answer that question for themselves because it's it, it's it's a good time.
0: Mm.
1: I've built a lot of extra characters for the, um, and I'm starting to like so for the pre gens that I made for my intro adventure. What chains are for, it. and I've, I've been kind of liking them. They've been fun. Uh, from well, let's see, our friend of the podcast Andy Klosky, we've got that backlog of mm-hmm. questions through our email, and we're knocking another one off today. And this is a good one. Honestly, we're probably going to revisit this one later for an entire episode, but mm-hmm. we'll give it a skinny for now. Uh, Andy, your question was, what thoughts would you have to represent the Fade during a campaign session? While well, the core book has a number of recommendations, What have you provided? how have you provided that alien feel within the context of your own games? How might that differ from a session set in the Fade compared to an area in Thetis that might be Fade-touched, perhaps, like Redcliffe or the Kalanhad Circle Tower?
0: Mm, that is a really good question.
1: The, the Fade should always be a dream world, uh, because that it, 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 that literally is the Fade. It's, it's dreams. Mm-hmm. It's where people go when they go to
0: sleep. Funny enough, we actually have spent very little time. Like, I don't think we spent any... No, we spent a little bit of time very little in the time. Fade.
1: Yeah, we've actually not gone to the Fade very many times in this campaign.
0: Yeah, we had one character leave for the Fade accidentally and not come back, but... That was weird. That was that was That was unfortunate. That was
1: unfortunate. Uh, but GMs, you should definitely take time when you're going into the Fade because the Fade should definitely feel like a very different place from mm-hmm. Uh Take time to involve the heroes in the Fade. Uh, and, and I'm probably planning, I'm going to do this once we start going into the Fade. It's going to be a little more extreme, I think, than, sometime, than some other adventures because this is going to be level like, 18, 19 characters going into the Fade. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a bad time.
0: We, we're, we're expecting a bad time.
1: But, um, GM should describe the Fade as by, like, something like blank stone and water suddenly turning into a small cramped study with books floating next to the shelves. They should look in the water and see someone else looking back at them from a rainy night in Val Royale. They should find spirits mimicking scenes from the waking world, from something as simple as a mother cradling her child to legions of spirits reenacting military engagements from the distant past. The Fade is an excellent place in the game to use things like ambient sound effects or music to set a mood, which... I fully intend to do. But that's mm-hmm. what I do.
0: I you like mean, and, you you use sounds for literally everything, so
1: It's true. I it, it uh,
0: enhances the experience it does. quite a bit.
1: I would feel very naked without using music and uh, and say and sirenscape
0: in mm-hmm. my games. We do love sirenscape.
1: Which is why it's been a little weird doing Roll Twenty, because they've got music and it's good music, but I can't push buttons and make sound effects happen.
0: No no Wilhelm screams.
1: No Wilhelm screams whenever I need them. But being able to play with Caitlyn, who's all the way in Washington, D.C., important. certainly is more important. Um, the Fade is usually not depicted as a dream world in the traditional sense, where everything is idyllic and perfect. The Fade mm-hmm. is raw creation, attempting to mimic the people of a dark fantasy world, so it always looks dark, dirty, and carries a sense of worry and dread, much like the people who go to bed at night with stories of darkspawn and evil mages in their heads. Now, that is not to say that the idyllic scenes have never appeared in Dragon Age. One such scene shows up in Dragon Age The Calling, it is, in fact, so idyllic, it causes one character to refuse to leave it.
0: Mm. Spoilers.
1: Yep, they leave him behind in the Fade, and it's real sad.
0: Spoilers.
1: <laughs> I'm not saying who or why.
0: That's still a pretty big spoiler.
1: I mean, it's a Dragon Age adventure. There has to be a visit to the Fade. <sighs> um, most of all, the Fade is all about reflections and putting a character's attributes on display. Uh, Fade excursions should always be about emphasizing the characters that the Fade is trying to mimic. The Fade reacts to dreamers, as do the spirits within it. Powerful demons can create dreams tailor-made for a PC, trying to either break them or make them never leave their slumber. The Fade is all about testing the characters who go in and showing the other characters who they are, what they fear, and what they want. Nothing is a secret in the Fade. So the Fade should put your PCs on display in every way. Not only should it give them challenges that test their personal and physical strength, it should also test the bonds they have between each other. Once a character's darkest feelings are plain for all to see, mm.
0: find out if their faith is
1: uh... misplaced. Misplaced. The fate should also have atypical challenges, like having to perform exploration encounters while in an animal or stranger form, riddles with dire consequences for wrong answers. Puzzles involving placing together objects in the same dreams, convincing a spirit of command to take a command from you, or going along with the commands, with their commands, to appease them and get something from them, tricking demons into self-destructive acts, over to overlook your allies as they sneak past them.
0: So yeah, all kinds of stuff, really. Oh yeah. When it comes to the fade. Imagination. Whatever you can dream up, I guess. na uh, na 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 na. Nah.
1: The Fade is a great place to have strange, emotional, and high-level challenges in all encounter types. So, Mm -hmm. always keep the Fade in mind. How to get there can be a little tricky. Because getting to the Fade usually requires some kind of preparation on the part of your characters. Mm -hmm. Or coming across an absurdly powerful demon that just puts everyone to sleep.
0: Yeah, of course, and getting there with your physical body is nigh impossible.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Only two people, technically, have really done it. Mm Mm-hmm. Well... I guess, probably more like eight people, because there were like seven magisters. That's okay. Maybe a little fewer than that.
0: Hopefully this answers your question.
1: (laughs) Hopefully this answers your question, Andy. Thank you so much, as always. And as always, we've got our good friend, Parcival, asking the next question through the Green Ronin forums. Thank you again. This one's a bit of food for thought. Uh, Parcival, your question was, I suppose my question for the next podcast would revolve around the idea of expanded and extended specializations. What do you think of them as a concept? What do you think of my expanded reaver specialization? Side note, be included an expanded reaver specialization in the post. It was just
0: it's a, it's nifty.
1: Yeah, it's a bit, it's nifty. Just a bit long to put in here. Yes. I yes. recommend checking it out. Uh, it's definitely good food for thought. First thought uh, on this would be, how cool would that be?
0: I would love, 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 love to see ex- more expanded specializations. I love the idea of the expanded reaver specialization. We were having a great time reading it.
1: Mm-hmm. Think give an expanded spirit healer specialization. I was
0: thinking that as that it do? happens
1: <laughs> as it happens. I'd be down for the expanded berserker specialization personally.
0: Oh man, there's some uh, there are some really really interesting possibilities here and I like the idea of, of all of them, but yes. then we also had that second thought. That
1: sounds like a lot of work.
0: Oh man.
1: Adding three degrees of talent to each specialization as they are is looking for 63 new talents, essentially.
0: <laughs> That's a lot of work. Oh, man.
1: Not to say I haven't thought about it.
0: A lot. And then tried to deny thinking about it when I mentioned that he was trying to convince himself not to do all of it.
1: I mean, it sounds cool. Yeah. It's a heck of an undertaking, though. It is. It is. Uh, some of those would require some real creativity, as the specs from Origins have much less to play with than the specs from Dragon Age 2 and Inquisition, which had a whole talent trees and Origins really just had like four talents for each specialization. Mm-hmm.
0: Good thing we know a whole bunch of creative people listen to this podcast.
1: I mean, you know, if anyone, someone wants to write some stuff, we'd also be happy to put it on the <laughs> put oh, yeah. Disney verses.
0: And if anything does happen to come up, despite protestations to the contrary, we'll let, let us you know, know about
1: it. Yes, please. Uh, and, of course, uh, say thank you, Percival. We always appreciate it. You, you and Andy and, and all the other folks who send us questions, you keep this whole thing running. We appreciate
0: mm-hmm. it. Makes it. It feels good to know there's somebody out there on the other end. Yeah,
1: it does. Um, and, of course, to everybody else, if you have a question about the Dragon Age RPG, whether it's mechanics, build suggestions, questions about lore, clarifications about old episodes, anything else... You can send us a message to Podcast at gmail.com, send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, or SoundCloud accounts, or send a personal message to Caught the Protector or Healer Puff on the Green Running Forums, or send a message to Cot or Lease on the D20 Radio Forums. That's, That's us. It. So now that we have taken a look at all of our questions, we should take a look at the things that some folks, particularly one folk on here, has made. One folk. One folk. Singular folk. Because we're going to open our duck books to those distant verses.
0: Do you ever wonder what lies at the edges of the map? Past the seas? No. I think we have enough to worry about on this continent. <laughs> of course, but...
1: <sighs> Welcome to the distant verses. From Parcival on the Green Greenroding forums, we bring to you the expanded reaver specialization.
0: We think this is pretty neat.
1: This is pretty dang cool. Um, Percival made a basic attempt to flesh out the Reaver specialization. This is, of course, uh, perhaps like a first draft, but it is an excellent, uh, uh, proof of concept for improve, for, gr- uh, growing on top of what was already, what are Specialized
0: specializations, mm-hmm. if you would.
1: Um, Percival swapped out the master degree for the expert degree. And now the, now the, uh, next degree that comes after that one is called the master degree and then grandmaster and then paragon.
0: I like paragon.
1: hmm It's a good word. Yeah, I think he was borrowing from the names for the runes, which is, Mm -hmm. I mean, it makes sense. I think so. It's a fair, it's a fair way to go. So, what Parsifal did was actually took a lot of inspiration from uh, the reaver specialization in Dragon Age Inquisition and pulled a couple of abilities from over there and tried to make them uh, and put them in to make sense here. So. Assuming that you decided to do the expanded specialization, you would have to start taking the expanded part of the specialization at level 14, when you would normally select a second specialization. Mm-hmm. So, at level 14, he made the Master Degree, which is a combination of frightening appearance and terrifying fury. Focus your unsettling countenance into a weapon, making your foes cower in fear. Whenever you use Lethal Blow, until the beginning of your next turn, anyone attempting to make a melee attack against you must make a Willpower Courage Test, target number 10, plus your Willpower Ability. And if you have the Intimidate focus and strength, you add plus 2 to that target number. Those who fail must make a move or a defend action instead. Hmm, I like that. You're too scary to fight. <laughs>
0: that, that seems utterly appropriate for the Reaver. It yeah, sounds
1: apt. Um, next comes the grandmaster, ta- the grandmaster level of the talent at level 16, which is based on the Scenting Blood ability. Being near a badly wounded enemy spurs you into a frenzy, driving you to move faster and giving you a better chance of striking deadly blows. If an enemy within 4 yards falls below a third of their starting health for the rest of the encounter, both the Seize Initiative and Lethal Blow stunts cost you one less stunt point than normal. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Getting to do Seize the Initiative cheaper is a nice little touch.
0: Mhm. I would uh, I would almost say that you could you would be all right making it below a half of their starting health simply because it's just reducing these for that particular length of time. Mm-hmm. But I could see it going either way. That's certainly still functional.
1: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, And of course, at level 18, you get the Paragon rank of the talent, which is based on Blood Frenzy. They thought you'd get weaker once they wounded you. They were wrong. Hmm. First, you must use the Activate action to enter Reaver mode. You gain a plus one bonus in your damage rolls in melee combat for every multiple of 25% of your starting health you are currently missing, up to a maximum plus three. While in Reaver mode, the amount of health you regain from any healing source, except that derived from the novice ability of this specialization, is reduced by a number equal to your willpower.
0: That's a, I love that as a uh, concept, like that mm-hmm. sort of mechanic. Yeah. I think that's really a very effective way of showing that you're just unstoppable. Oh, yeah. As regards, you know, the more blood you spill, whether it be theirs or yours. Oh, yeah.
1: Because the Reaver, the is, the mas- the Reaver is the master of pain. Why should they worry about their own pain? But they use mm-hmm. it to make, it, make themselves stronger.
0: That said, I could see it even being a plus two bonus on damage rolls in combat for every multiple. I think, given how high level you have to be to get that ability, having a plus two for each multiple for each twenty five percent of your health you're down mm-hmm. is more po- like as somebody who's been playing a lot of high level. That's the kind of thing that would probably strike a reasonable, balanced boost for you mm-hmm. in the in the end game. That's true. But I, I would, love that. Personally, I, I would have been
1: cool with going to, like, a plus three. Because, especially that high level, you're probably not going to be losing your health very quick. That and is true. If you've true. got a good healer.
0: Well, you're uh, used
1: to... Granted, if you've got a good healer, you're going to be getting less health now because you've mm-hmm. got it on. Which does help kind of push you towards the lower levels so you can get the bigger damage bonuses. Mm-hmm. But
0: but uh, regardless of those, those little bits, we think this is a super cool concept. I think this is a
1: step in the right direction.
0: I look forward to seeing more things like this or even... Creating them if the time permits.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That could be fun. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Could be super great. So thank you so much for submitting it.
1: We appreciate it, Parcival. This is a really cool idea. You can, of course, find this and more archived in our resources for your game page on our blog, wondersathetispodcast.wordpress.com. If you'd like to share your, your own custom Dragon Age RPG content or let us know about some that's perhaps gone under the radar... Uh, send us a message to at gmail.com. Send it to us through our Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Google+, or SoundCloud accounts, or send a personal message to Cot the Protector or Healer Puff on the Green Roaring Forums, or send a message to Cot or Lease on the D20 Radio Forums. That's still us.
0: It definitely us. You should probably ask him though, because <laughs> I'm pretty bad at
1: getting on things. That's okay. You got you got stuff you're doing, and I got stuff I'm doing. I'm
0: living my best life.
1: <laughs> and my stuff that I'm doing is usually mostly this podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. It's true. Put a lot of love in here.
1: Hmm. Well, that gives a lot of love back, so I'm always cool with it.
0: Well, speaking of that love, shall we talk about how we can spread it to uh, new players?
1: Spread that love in our main topic. Is it fate or chance? I can never decide. So... You've got people who want to try the game out for the first time, but how are you going to go about doing that? The games we play are always improved by getting more people coming into the fold. More people mm-hmm. try the game out, more people uh, offer their new revelations, they build their own things and they share them with the rest of us. That means we've got more to play, we've got more to do, and we've got more to talk about.
0: And the more successful the game is from an economic standpoint, the more they're going to make, you know, supplements for it.
1: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: really, everybody wins when we bring in new people.
1: That's true. So, uh, bringing new people into any game does require some care and consideration, especially role-playing games. With, mm-hmm. like, something like a card game or a board game, they've got, like, like maybe four-page instruction manuals that a person can look mm-hmm. at and be like, Okay, I know the rules now. With a role-playing game... It's you It's not you're, quite
0: that simple. Your
1: rulebook could be several hundred pages long, which is which does mean that there's going to be a little bit of extra... Onus on the folks who are running the games to make sure that they're as accessible as possible.
0: Yeah, we need to make sure that that bar, that sort of bar, bar of entry, while it's a bit, you know, it's going to be high regardless, mm. but let's lower it as much as we can and yes, you know, make it look pretty inviting to jump over.
1: Please do. So, uh, some games have like have very high bars to entry already. Uh, some games require special resources, like special dices and special dices. Dice. Dices. Dice. I'm sorry. Well, I'm, I'm losing my I'm losing my RPG cred.
0: That's what that was.
1: But uh, thankfully, Dragon Age is not very high on demand for these kinds of things. It's, a, uh, it's fun and easy to use, and it's quick to pick up and fun to master. It only requires you to have three D6s, one of which is a separate color.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, remember that as you're trying to bring new people into the fold. This is an easy game to jump on. Comparatively. It, comparatively. It was built with the idea of new players in mind.
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: was where Chris Pramus started with it, is that he wanted it to be accessible, and it is. So the game's going to work with you, you just need to tell them a good story. Uh, but there are a couple of things to consider before introducing people to this game, uh, because uh, an RPG, especially that's based around a specific IP, does have a couple of extra challenges. That's uh, true. There are going to be basics like where you're going to play. Is there going to be food? Who has copies of the rule books? Do you have materials to give to the players? Or do they bring their own? Do you have enough dice? Um, you're also going to want to know things like who in the group already knows each other or what kinds of games that they've already played. Do you have people of varying skill levels who are coming to the table with the newbies? Can you tell if any of these players might ruin the fun of others? Uh, what are the expectations these players are bringing? Is this group going to be more interested in role play or do they just want to kick some darkspawn teeth in?
0: Yeah, find find all that stuff out. In fact, find that stuff out player by player. Definitely. Important.
1: Make a little dossier for everybody. But, I think uh, we're
0: gonna talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Here in a bit. But. Uh-huh.
1: Your approaches to these players are gonna vary depending on what they come to the table already knowing. Um, if you can get a feel for your players uh, and how the game may go um, beforehand, maybe if you can, like, if you have the opportunity, like, sit down, like, have dinner with them, talk about the game, talk about what they might want to mm-hmm. do. Um, of
0: course, you know, if you're doing freebooter stuff for Gen Con or something, right. that's going to be pretty much impossible.
1: Yeah, because that's just going to be sitting down with strangers. You mm-hmm. can't really do that if you're doing it convention style or event style. Um, so you're going to have to be a bit more flexible in those kinds of situations. Um, but it is worth remembering that in convention settings or in event settings, people are going to come here just as fresh-faced as you are. You don't know who the players are and they don't know who you are, maybe. I mean, if you're running an event at your front of the local gaming store, then people probably already do know who you are, but they're probably not going to have any expectations walking in, um, just like you. So don't feel too, so don't feel too intimidated by that. It's, everybody's coming here to learn.
0: Mm-hmm. But having that knowledge of each other means that you'll be able to sit down beforehand.
1: Exactly, yeah. Um, you're likely going to encounter four types of people when bringing new folks to the table. Uh, folks who know about Dragon Age and tabletop RPGs, but have never played this tabletop RPG specifically. Uh, folks who know about Dragon Age and have never tried a tabletop RPG before. Folks who have experience with tabletop RPGs, but not the Dragon Age RPG. Or folks who have never experienced either Dragon Age nor a tabletop RPG.
0: And that is definitely going to be the group that's going to have the most challenge getting acclimated. Yes. But by no means is it impossible.
1: Oh, certainly not. We've gotten a couple folks who, I, mean, I don't know if we've gotten a couple folks who are completely new to everything involving Dragon Age just yet. No,
0: um, we've, I could we've, be had wrong. A, we've had a couple who were familiar with Dragon Age and not familiar with Tabletops, and we've had a couple mm-hmm. who are familiar with Tabletops but not Dragon Age. Correct. And in both cases, those people have been able to uh, get involved pretty seamlessly. Yeah,
1: it's been a lot of fun. Now, these four archetypes do boil down to two challenges. Folks who are new to Dragon Age, and folks who are new to RPGs. If you can find out which of these types of newbie your prospective players fall into, it can help immensely when you're prepping. If you're running an event with complete strangers, it's usually just safe to assume that everyone's completely fresh to all of it. Mm -hmm. Just make, just write your adventure assuming that nobody knows nothing.
0: Yep. And that way, if they do know stuff, you just don't don't have to use that part.
1: Yeah, you can just cut it.
0: But it's much better to have it and not need it than not have it and need it. Oh, and leave yeah. your uh, players in the dark. Definitely. Absolutely.
1: So, we've got a bit of advice for each of these particular challenges and some more general advice. We also reached out to some of the folks in the Green Running Forums for advice. You'll never
0: guess who responded.
1: <laughs> You'll never guess. It was that old those old rascals, Andy and Parcival. Thank you, guys. You might as well be a host on this show. I'm
0: pretty sure Andy is a host on the
1: show and, sometimes. And Andy is a fairly frequent uh, guest co-host. Yep.
0: Parcival, looking Percival, at you.
1: Parcival, looking at you. You know, you want to send me your Skype, you know.
0: Them and hang out could sometimes. be fun
1: you know anyway um, the first question the first the uh, the course question challenge etc is uh, are they new to Dragon Age This is probably going to be a large reason many folks are gonna come check this game out because Dragon Age is pretty popular and they've probably heard about it already uh, they might have friends who are already into it and then they mm-hmm. see this role-playing game and they're like you know I'll give that a try I don't have to pay 60 dollars to buy a video game if I just go sit down and play this RPG
0: you just have to Pay a lot of money
1: for a core book. I mean, but but the Bar core of book... someone else's correct, core book. Correct, but the core book, and, and while Dragon Age Inquisition would give you like 100 hours of gameplay...
0: The core book gives core you an gives infinite you number of
1: Essentially hours. infinite hours of gameplay.
0: I agree. I think... I mean, I love both. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I know which one I would pick.
1: Both absolutely good. But that role-playing game, if you got a good GM, it'll last you a lifetime. So, folks who are new to Dragon Age came to see the hubbub, so show them the hubbub. Dragon Age is an excellent setting. you'll want to try and get as much of it in as you can. Don't go overboard. It's very easy to go overboard.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, uh, be very careful about assuming knowledge yes. that's something that can happen with anybody who's well versed in a particular setting and one you know, nothing can nothing will turn a player away. Or turn them off of the game quite as quickly as feeling like they're not part of the group or in the loop. Oh, definitely. And so I would say make absolutely sure that you make them feel like they're being included in this sort of journey of discovery and not make them feel like they're missing the joke or something. Mm-hmm. Like, make sure that it's, everything that is done is something that is explainable to a new player.
1: Oh, definitely. I agree.
0: Especially with this particular type of player, the kinds who are not familiar with Dragon Age.
1: Mm-hmm. When you're centered it around an IP, then that means some folks are probably going to come in knowing mm-hmm. lots about it.
0: Fewer Sten jokes, everybody.
1: Fewer Sten jokes. Um, so, um, your intro adventure should ideally be a short, self-contained adventure that sews off a facet of Thetis that sets it apart from other fantasy settings. Personally, I really love running an Arl's Ransom. I've run it like five mm-hmm. times now, and every time it's ended differently.
0: Arl's Ransom is well-written and very mm-hmm. a very good way to get people to sink their teeth into a new game. Yeah
1: it gets you into the game. It gives you some creative, some situations where you have to think creatively. And, uh, and of course it has you fight a bunch of dark spawn.
0: Yeah. What can be, what, what's more dragon age than that?
1: Uh huh. Yeah. What's more dragon age than that? And you get to see some, you get to see a brand new mage and have, perhaps have to decide what to do with that.
0: Mm
1: hmm. Um, Andy Klosky, of course, made an important suggestion. Uh, for the adventures you run, it's good to pick something that's archetypal for Dragon Age, as we mm-hmm. mentioned, like Darkspawn and Grey Wardens. Uh, the treatment of mages. The dwarves and their caste system. The hard lot of the elves. Tevinter. Just just or <laughs> Orlesian politics in the Grand Game. The Fade and its denizens. The Mage-Templar War. The Orlesian occupation of Ferelden. The wars against the Kunari. The list goes on. There's a huh. lot of cool stuff to pull on. Mabari. Mabari are pretty important too.
0: Also, Griffins.
1: Also, Griffins. I'm not interested in playing the Central Adventure if there's no Griffins in it.
0: It's just the way it is.
1: Think of the the origin stories from Dragon Age Origins. They got you in the world of Thedas right away, and they were pretty uh, quick. Well, they actually usually even in gameplay they last about the, about as long as you'd expect a role playing game session to last, like five hours.
0: They're not that long.
1: No, you know you think they're shorter.
0: Oh, they're way shorter. Than
1: okay, that. well, even the, all the better. Um, but you know, like a mage taking their harrowing, a Dalish elf coming across something long lost by their people, a dwarf castless running jobs for the Carta, a noble a human, a dwarf noble caught up in the cutthroat politics, a city elf fighting predation from humans. Mm-hmm. Those are all very archetypally Dragon Age, and of course, there's the human noble with cutthroat Ferelden politics. Which, politics and <laughs> politics cutthroat
0: and, are right. things that tend to be hand yeah. in hand in Ferelden and in mm-hmm. Thedas and in everywhere.
1: Right. So, you know, these all make excellent introductory adventures. They could all work really well in a tabletop RPG if someone, like, I don't know, converted them. That'd be pretty cool. Um, So if you need some inspiration, the source material's got some pretty solid examples to work with. Take a look at it. Um, It can also be gratifying uh, to give the PC someone important to talk to, like Knight Commander Meredith or Scout Harding or Arl Rendon Howe, I guess, if you really want to. Uh, or even people who are more front and center, like Wynn or Morgan, the Iron Bull, Varric Tethrys. They can they can then take this experience with them when they go try the video game or read one of the books, and they can think, hey, I met that person.
0: Yeah, that's also uh, effective for people who have played the games and are familiar with the characters, mm-hmm. simply because it's always fun to uh, oh, yeah. you know, turn a corner and see somebody that you your character doesn't know, but you certainly do. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's one of those good little moments to have. Could be a
1: nice little role playing prompt.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hey, Varric Tethras is standing in front of you. How does this character react?
0: It's so gonna be different. Be of course, very different.
1: <laughs> we are assuming that people don't know who who uh what Dragon Age is.
0: Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about for the yeah. other group. Yeah, for the folks who yeah. have played Dragon Age but not.
1: Yes, it's true. That can be a very good thing to bring up. Uh, Andy, you also mentioned uh, that while well, you should start somewhere archetypal like Kirkwall or Ferelden, there's so much other stuff to go onto that you should definitely branch out, especially if you've got long campaigns. If they want to go do, if you play, if your new players want to try out doing like intrigue or more roleplay focused stuff, they can go to Orlay or to Vinter.
0: Oh, added. Um, you mm-hmm. could also, if they want um, intrigue, make them uh, Orzammar nobility. Ooh, yeah. That's it's another that's place intense. where intrigue is happening.
1: Oh, definitely. Uh, if, and I guess it's kind of happening in Ferelden, just not to quite the scale that yeah. it isn't happening other places.
0: But for the, I figured that was the third one that needed to be on the same hmm. level as Orléans. Inter- I
1: guess Antiva's got a lot of uh, intrigue in there with the House of Crows and that is the Merchant true. Princes bump, bumping shoulders with each other all over the place. Anywhere else? No, I think no, that's
0: it. I, I was just trying to bring one up. Okay. It's cool.
1: Fair enough. Uh, if you want piracy, if they want to be pirates, they can go to the ports in Ravain, or they can go to the Waking Sea and take the Waking Sea Raider background. If they want to be assassin, if they want assassins in their adventure, they can go deal with the House of Crows. If they want to cut down dark creatures and save the world. They can join the Grey Wardens. If they want to, if, so get a feel for what interests them and use that lore to help support that. Uh, for a convention or an event game, you're likely not going to have to go as far beyond the adventure you have in front of you, but you can feel free to have the NPCs maybe mention a couple extra things, like Andraste, or maybe some foreign countries and what they're up to, or even their distrust of magic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All stuff worth keeping in mind. Uh, Parsifal also made an excellent suggestion, and I don't know if I even ha- I, I would even have like the energy to do this, but this is it's pretty... This
0: is another one of those, right. step one, man that would be awesome, step two... Man, that sounds like a lot of work.
1: Step three, convince myself to not do it. Step four do fail it anyway fail horribly. Uh, Parseval apparently goes so far goes so far as to obtain scrapbooks for all of his players, even like put like a, a dust jacket with the Inquisition symbol on it, um, and give small slips of paper with codex entries from the video games that they put in the scrapbooks
0: That is a new kind of cool
1: actually let me sh- let me show you this because this is cool um, it's down well, here. Well, they can't see it. Right, they can't see this, but...
0: That is that is hardcore cool. That is Isn't exceptional.
1: That yeah. If you, if you guys are on the Green Running forums, you should go check it out, because that's, that's really good. First of all, hardcore cool, Parseval Do it.
0: Uh, that is amazing. And
1: this is actually a really immersive way to get folks into the setting of Thedas, uh, as most of the Codex entries are written from the perspective of someone within Thetis itself so it's they're all in they're all like little self-contained entries, like tiny like tiny micro stories or even just little tidbits that contain a lot of context to them. Uh, Parsifal also awarded experience to players who read the Codex entries and put them in their scrapbooks and and had you even had a direct in-game benefit. That's just brilliant. isn't that cool? That'd be like, re-
0: I mean, that's a lot of work, but that is worth every minute oh, you yeah. spend on it. that Definitely. is Definitely. A brilliant idea to get people immersed in the in the uh, campaign setting. Oh
1: yeah, if you got new folks coming that. in, that's really cool. Uh, this approach that. can work wonders for an ongoing campaign. Folks new to the world may have limited applications mm. at a convention or an event where the games are not multi-session. Although yeah. I could see it working maybe where you need to put need to like get those codex entries to kind of put the info together and maybe figure something out before the final encounter.
0: That could be cool. That could be fun. You'd have to kind of base your. Yeah. Uh, you have to base your adventure planning. around something like that, but yeah. that could be a lot of Requires fun. Requires
1: some careful planning, but you should
0: probably start working on that.
1: <laughs> My next adventure, sure. So, Parswell, that's super
0: cool. We love it.
1: Thank you. Um, anyway, uh, the next challenge that you're going to have to deal with with a lot of players is: are they new to RPGs altogether? They might be familiar with Dragon Age. Maybe this is why they joined up, joined up in the first place, or maybe this is their first game that they've ever tried ever.
0: Bless them.
1: Bless them. This, this is a
0: hard th- thing to get into. This is a
1: hard thing to get into. This takes a lot of courage. Uh, when you say things like D6 or modifiers or even character sheets, some new folks are going to probably look a little worried because they might not know what you're talking about just yet. And that's okay. I mean,
0: we, we all started at the same place. Oh, yeah. We all started there. We all didn't know what was going on.
1: How old were you when you started roleplaying?
0: Uh, depends. If you're talking about pen and paper, officially I was 12 when I did my first uh, stuff with Living Greyhawk and Living City. Yeah. But I played some stuff with Dad a lot earlier.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, there's there's going to be some fresh faces. Uh, role-playing games actually have been kind of receiving a bit of a resurgence lately. With the popularity of things like Critical Role, like mm-hmm. bringing it into the mainstream, it's it's starting to get cool to play role-playing games. Now. And that so is
0: not a thing I ever thought I that's would That's weird.
1: But, you know, it means more people are going to come check it out and play with yeah. us, and it's going to be fun. So, so I'm down. grab the reins and, 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 ride, and ride its coattails or something. is you mixed getting, your metaphor. This metaphor is getting away from me. Let's move on. Your
0: horse has coattails.
1: <laughs> I'm riding a sinking horse.
0: <laughs> that, that, that's my father. That's yes. That's a quote from my father right there. So,
1: um, for these players, it's very good to provide lots of materials, like those Codex entries maybe. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but, but more basic stuff than that, they might not even have dice or pencils. So you're going to want to make sure that you make sure you got stuff for them. Just make sure you got everything laid out on the table for them so they can just pick it up and get to go and get going. Um, the game, this game is already pretty light on rules, so there isn't much to explain right away. You can start just by with telling them what's an ability test. If you want to do something in Dragon Age, pick up those 3d6s, roll them, add your ability. Did you hit the number? You did it. And then you can start getting into more specific things like the Dragon Diet determines how well you succeeded, or mm-hmm. um, or maybe uh, you can start getting into things like a pose test where someone rolls off against you, uh, and maybe an advanced test or two.
0: Oh, you know, you could even do a cute little glossary and uh, make it a little codex entry of its own, mm-hmm. and have just a bunch of important words and phrases that are not necessarily known to non-gamers. Yes. And that could be your first Codex entry. It could be. that would be fun.
1: That would be cute. That'd be really cute. Percival, you've planted the seed. Now we're, you have. It's we're not, not leaving. We're not leaving it. Um, uh, make sure that uh, they remember that any damage that they take is reduced by their armor. Uh, combat is going to be the most rule-intensive part of the game, like most RPGs. Uh, so take it slow at first. And maybe don't make it your first encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, let the players experiment a bit uh, with an easy combat, and they'll pick it up in no time. Uh, for your intro adventure, I would personally recommend having no foes with more than four armor rating, and even that's probably going a little That's high. pretty
0: high. For a first game, honestly, yeah. if you've got an armor rating higher than two, for if, for this particular group, the people who have never played a game before, yeah. that's not the best choice. Mm-hmm. They didn't come here asking for, a, you know... A tactical challenge they're just like oh hey i've got these three dice what am i gonna do with them exactly. and throwing something with a four armor rating at them when they can do maybe six damage in a hit is rude that's mean don't don't be that person
1: so be careful with that um start with and see oh, and once you and of course there's always going to be the thing about stunts uh, give those to them gradually you'll probably want to start with combat stunts and then uh, work into role-playing and exploration stunts later if they seem interested. Mm -hmm. Like if you've got those handouts in the GM's kit, and they've got the role-playing and exploration stunts on one side and the combat and magic stunts on the other, you can tell them, we're just going to worry about the combat and magic stunts for now, but if they seem interested... Go ahead and let them use the ones on the other side. Mm-hmm. But having four tables of stunts with three dozen choices is a bit daunting at first. Oh yes. The first time you they roll stunt points and you're like, hey, you just got stunt points. You have three we stunts and you give them from four tables all of like these. pick some. That so start small with it and and definitely build up. Uh, give them a good helping of all three encounter types to get an idea of how the game how the game functions, whether or not you're fighting for your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and uh, do th- just do this to keep things fresh and interesting as a full session of combat can get a little monotonous. Oh, yes. No one wants that. That's not going to get anybody to, to enjoy the game. Well,
0: I mean, actually, it's not true. There are people who it's really true. do actually enjoy That's right. just playing the numbers, but because this game is designed to be so freeform and more storytelling-based, mm-hmm. chances are you're go- your players are going to want to get a taste of everything it can offer.
1: Yes. Um, make sure to use technical terms like Target number, or armor rating, or defense modifier, focus, dragon die, and provide frequent translations for each, so the players know what to use them for. Mm-hmm. Uh, having printouts of the glossary and the gameplay reference in the core rulebook can also be helpful.
0: Especially if you say, make them look like Codex.
1: Especially if you made them look board like Codex entries, you know. Uh, and, of course, if you have the GM's kit, it's got handouts, and that's all the better.
0: And we still use those. We're level 18, yeah. and we still pass out those handouts oh, yeah. with all the stunts and junk on them. When I pass we make them out every session. Every time, and we still make good use of them, so oh, yeah. no shame in, in having those handy.
1: Nope. Um, if your players have played the Dragon Age video games, uh, feel free to use examples from the games or the novels to help illustrate how something works in the RPG. Uh, the land, For example, the Landsmeet makes an excellent uh, example of an advanced test, something mm-hmm. that you have to work real hard on.
0: Make multiple roles and try to get as many successes as you can. And mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing that can also get people fired up and they can start trying to work together to, make oh, it yeah. to uh, pass the advanced test and learn about their abilities and how stuff. to make them interact
1: um the next uh, bit of advice we're going into more general advice here um this is good for any for pretty much any role-playing game besides dragon age uh if you're playing blue rose or fantasy age or titan's grave then these will also be useful um be prepared be very prepared
0: because mm-hmm. uh, well, they won't be necessarily because right, they
1: might not be and so you're going to have to prep for yourself and all those other people at the table uh, while in some instances you may end up with players who have already printed out their own character sheets or they bought some dice already, it's best to have everything that you need right now. Uh, bring enough dice, pencils, paper, character sheets, pre-gens, handouts, and whatever else you need so that everyone at the table can have something. Mm-hmm. Um, having pre-made characters is always a good idea. Some players may bring their own, but you should not assume that they will.
0: Especially not with the, with brand new people. If they're Especially if they're new to RPGs and, in whole. They're not going to know, necessarily know how to make a character. And right.
1: Handing them a spellcaster could be a little bit much for well, some folks. At least
0: you know, hand them something. Don't yeah. don't leave. Don't say, you know, hey, go buy a PDF of this book and make your make your character, and we'll do our first session. Hmm. Your character Tuesday. is due
1: next Tuesday.
0: Yeah, be like a study guide. Don't be a quiz.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, read your intro adventure, and now read it again. Read it twice. Know it well. Know what's going on. Know how you want to portray it. Uh, Know the rules really well. And all this is going to go towards making sure that you're not caught completely off guard when something comes up. Mm -hmm. You know generally what you're doing so that you can keep the sessions going, uh, which means that no one's going to lose interest.
0: If there are parts that you think could get confusing or difficult for the players, highlight them. Put some notes down for yourself about how you want to bypass that.
1: Yeah. Think about, it, think about it beforehand. Um, this also means be prepared to be flexible. New players may not operate how you may expect the more experienced players to react to in-game situations, so you may need to adjust the adventure on the fly if the PC's take an odd turn.
0: I, I have to say, one of the greatest joys about working with new players of any game is the fact that they will sometimes pull shenanigans that veteran players would never have thought of in a million years. Oh, yeah. And I, I, ha- I get such a kick out of that when I'm running for... New We're beast. all such
1: dang rigid thinkers that when one of them is like, uh, it's "Like it's I drum my mace into the ground. There's a dent in the ground. <gasps> what? <laughs> That's amazing!
0: That's amazing!
1: Some folks are just super juiced with that kind and of stuff. Like I was so running, be ready for it. It's
0: like when I was running goblins, and they, we talked about how they had to burn the dogs and burn the horses, and the guy actually just set his own goblin dog mount on fire <laughs> and expected to get points. And then, <laughs> then it just says, like... The other goblins' gesture at the uh, straw mannequin dogs <laughs> but are impressed at your resolve. Like,
1: <laughs> Good gumption, but yeah. burn these over here.
0: It was, like I, I love that. I love all these interactions with new players that come out with unexpected results.
1: Oh definitely. Um, if you're ever sh- let's see um, oh the, the, actually I was, I was reading in the next section, which is an important one uh, that Andy brought up. Don't get hung up on the rules.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Luckily, this is an easier game to do with than some, especially because the basic mechanic of the game has such broad use. Yes. If you're ever sure not how to handle a situation that a new player gets into, just remember the ever important sidebar on page ninety nine of the one ninety nine of the core rulebook. Pick an ability and an ab- applicable focus, and have the player roll, and that's it. Just mm-hmm. keep the game rolling. If you're not sure, like if the PC says that they want to grab somebody, just go. Right, we don't have. They right, yeah. don't, don't have grapple rules. So you're going to have to think on the, you're going to think on your feet with that kind of thing. Um, So don't, you know, I mean, folks who get hung up on it might say, you know, there's no grapple rules. Could you not do that? And that's going to just, that's going to just bring that player down real hard, real fast.
0: In fact, if you, if you have a player and you know them well enough to think, you know, he's probably going to try to grab somebody. Make, make your, make your rulings beforehand. Mm -hmm. Be like, I knew you were going to pull this. Make this test. Like
1: make a str- like strength might strength or maybe might. a dexterity or a dexterity brawling. Or, yeah,
0: I say brawling would be the other one. Maybe
1: making an opposed test and the person gets to choose whichever one they want to use.
0: Yeah, we'll figure out what you want to That's use. That's how in I that do face, it, anyway. Yeah.
1: Right. So think about those kinds of things and um when if you come across something like that, just make a quick ruling and keep going to make sure the adventure doesn't get bogged down. And you know Oh, goodness. You don't lose your momentum <laughs> like that. Uh, Good and job. your players don't get bored or swallow a burp. Like I just did. That was. This uh, is a
0: high quality podcast, everybody. We
1: are professionals. Uh, engaging the players and <laughs> to bring it back to the seriousness, bring it back, everybody.
0: Yeah, because we're serious. Because this
1: one, this next one is kind of serious. Uh, okay. Engaging with the players will always be more important than adherence to the rules, mm-hmm. and newbies will always thank you for it.
0: That is true. If you need to bend the rules to make it. So that a newbie can do the really cool thing they're super excited about, it's not gonna break the game for everybody else. Just break the rule. Just break the rule. Might let them know that, like, well, doing it this way isn't exactly in the rules, but it's awesome, so I'm gonna let you do it, and that's gonna give them the uh, the excitement that's gonna keep them coming back.
1: Yeah. Rule zero. Have make, if, if you know if the don't rule, be a jerk. If the rules uh, or what well, I thought it was, if the rules get in the way, you oh, can get rid of them. That is true. Is if rule rules... number
0: one? Don't be a jerk.
1: That's a good question. Maybe we should. One re- of the rules is don't <laughs> be One a jerk. One of the jerk. rules is don't be a jerk. That should always be a rule. Maybe that's rule zero and a half or something.
0: Does, isn't that just like .5? <laughs> yes. <laughs> rule point
1: .5. The next, the next challenge that you're gonna have, uh, and the next skill that you should learn is to be patient. Especially if you got new players. New folks are gonna have questions. They may not create the same assumptions that you have for the game. Um, this is a good skill to have in any part of life, but patience is gonna help everything. New players may need some time to get a feel for the flow of making an ability test, remembering which type of damage goes through armor, let alone remember the name of an NPC you've introduced in the game.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: let them try things and roll with the punches they throw. They may need some direction or some suggestions. They might surprise you. Uh, but be ready to explain something more than once. Remember their position. They probably feel a little embarrassed to keep asking questions. Make sure that they still feel comfortable to keep asking them.
0: Be the study guide, not the quiz.
1: Be the study guide, not the quiz. Uh, and in that same vein, be welcoming. If you want to invite new folks in, let them in. Let the newbies try stuff. Encourage them, you're encouraging them to try something new already. Uh, give them options, but make sure the choices are all theirs. Um, as Andy suggests, the players will appreciate suggestions, but will adore you for giving them the choice. You can go, this can go for selecting stunts or talents, ability focuses, uh, remember how Dragon Age has an auto-level-up function? Sometimes it's good to be that. Mm-hmm just make things real easy for everybody and just just let them play. Just bring them in and remember that folks are here to have fun. And of course that brings us to the most important rule that we got to give. Have fun. Everybody here is supposed to have fun and that goes for you too.
0: Mm-hmm. If uh, you're miserable, they're gonna know.
1: Yeah, they're gonna know and it's going to bring the whole thing down. Um, this is a game we want everyone to tell a good, and everyone wants to tell a good story. Uh, in the end, as long as everyone goes home from the game and tells you they can't wait to play more, you've done your job. You've done it perfect. Show that you're passionate about this game and your players will likely catch the excitement that you're spreading.
0: Also, I mean, this should go without saying, but every single one of your players is a real life human being with real life feelings who would like to be real life respected. So, I mean, we shouldn't have to tell. You guys are all cool, right? We don't have to tell right. you that. Do that. To so do that. Be just, be cool. Be good just, to your be good to your players and they should be good to you.
1: Just do that. Just <laughs> don't be a jerk.
0: Yep, rule apparently .5.
1: Rule .5.
0: Well, hopefully now you're all fired up to go find some new people and get them in on the game.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I know I'm excited too. Mm -hmm. AetherCon's coming up, and I've got to make sure that that scenario is good to go.
0: I think they're going to be, the people who are in your game are going to be in for a good experience. I think they
1: will. I think it's going to be a good time. So thank you all for joining us. Uh, and uh, we hope that you all have excellent experiences out there. And if you mm-hmm. want to share us the experiences of bringing new folks in, feel free to send them in. To, or your uh,
0: experience as a new player.
1: Yeah, or yours. And what really clicked for you. And um, and
0: what course, really didn't, if it didn't.
1: Yeah. If you've got any further questions, of course, you could send them in and we'll, a- we'll answer them.
0: It's what we do around here. It's
1: what we do. Anyway, uh, this is Ren wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die.
0: And this is Jessica wishing you good heels and happy feels.
1: Thank you for joining us on the One of a podcast, and we'll catch you next time.
0: Have a good one, everybody.